Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is a podcast where I get to know some of the nicest and funniest people from the internet. They are the Friends of the Show. This week's friend is Janelle Dennis, who was so much fun to talk to. Uh, We talk about what it's like living in New York City, how an unexpected phone conversation with Justin Bieber led to her joining Twitter, and we have a lot of fun answering some great questions submitted by our listeners. Be sure to follow at FOTSPod on Twitter to send your questions for a future guest. Now laugh along, won't you? It's Friends of the Show, episode 41, with Janelle Dennis. That they were the worst musicians in the world. They were no playing motherfuckers. Paul was the worst bass player I Ingo. I remember once we were in the studio with George Martin and Ringo Jones arranged a version of Love is a Many Splendored Thing for Star's 1970 solo debut album, Sentimental Journey, which was produced by the British. Or more than a bit gloopy. Had taken three hours for a four-bar thing he was trying to fix on a song. He couldn't get it. We said, mate... Why don't you go get some lager and lime, some shepherd's pie, and take an hour and a half and relax a bit? So we did, and we called Ronnie Farrell, a jazz drummer. Ronnie came in for 15 minutes and tore it up. Ringo comes back and says, George, can you play back for me? So George did, and Ringo says, that didn't sound so bad. And I said, yeah, motherfucker, because it ain't you. Great guy, though. Quincy Jones. Oh, that Quincy Jones. Now, that was a wild quote. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that, that quote. That was a wild story. <laughs> uh, and welcome to the podcast, Janelle. Ooh, thank you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. All right. And for the listeners, uh, Janelle is a very funny and nice comedy performer. Uh, and I've seen her perform and it was great. Uh, great energy and very oh, fun. Thank God. I'm very excited to learn more about her today. And yeah, so welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so, I just love that you let me read that Quincy Jones quote because that interview is insane. It is, that was, uh, you have the record now for the longest quote, so <laughs> there you go, you're in the podcast record books with that one, uh, and it's really funny, because it's kind of like shitting on the Beatles, which everyone <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, reveres uh, musically, but Quincy Jones just telling it like it is. <laughs> telling it like it is. I heard you apologized uh, three days ago, but I didn't want to read that one. There's no way that interview is going to be as interesting as this one, so... What's the point? Yeah, that was, uh, was it in GQ or it was? It was in- yeah, I know there was one in Vulture like Vulture. a couple of weeks before where he shit on Taylor Swift which was, <laughs> and Oprah, which was super funny. And then this one, he, oh, uh, he said his daughter called him a, uh, LLQJ, which stands for Loose Lips Quincy Jones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fun uh, uh, nickname. Yeah, I guess he's in the IDGAF phase of his career <laughs> now. <laughs> so I and was. He doesn't GAAFs. Yeah, he doesn't GAFs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a great. That's a great quote. Um, and I think we have. I think you brought a, a tweet that sort of 
parodies the Quincy Jones quote. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's a tease for you listeners. That's coming up later in the show. Mm-hmm. All right. So now what I would like to do is get to know you a little bit because we haven't really talked that much. We've met each other in passing, which was very mm-hmm. nice, but would love to find out more about you. So this is like the WTF Mark Marin part. So who are you guys? Uh, like, where'd you grow up? <laughs> Tell us your story. How'd you get to wherever you are right now? What is it? New York City? Yeah. You're in the Big Apple? The concrete Never jungle. sleeps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never sleeps. I sleep a lot, though. I am there. Let's see. Uh, I think we skipped too far in the getting to know me part. Um, yeah, how I got here? Uh, well, I was born in Jamaica. All right. Uh, Island. So- yeah, my family's from, well, Jamaicans will call it bush. So like the the middle, like not the the coast. So the middle of Jamaica where it's, you know, agricultural, not really the touristy, one love Jamaican tourism commercial type Jamaica that people oh. are used to seeing. Okay. So my family's from the middle of Jamaica, but I was born in Kingston because my mom worked in Kingston. So And that is, Kingston city. is more the uh, classic touristy edge coastal city right um kind of like definitely more than where my family's from like when people visit jamaica they normally go to montego bay negril all those places kingston is more like you know university town work town that kind of stuff okay so it's more Um, more real jamaica midway yeah yeah so the, the, uh, where I was born in Kingston was actually the same hospital that Sean Paul was born. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> Sean Paul, Dottier, shut up, Paul. Samagasaran. Yeah, it was the same hospital that he was born. And um, my mom and my mom and I moved when I was around maybe two years old. Um, we moved to Canada because my grandpa had moved um, in the 80s and he had just been like sending money back and letters he worked for TTC okay. uh, shout out to him he, he's dead now RIP um, but when he was alive he was working for TTC in the booth and he used to work as like a uh, in the booth at Ossington Station so oh. now when I go to Colony Bar it's like a little you know shout out to him he used oh. to bring me in the booth let me rip the tickets for people oh. um, TTC didn't care Good times. That's so great. Yeah, well, shout out for sure. And oh uh, yeah, Ossington Station, right near Comedy Bar, uh, classic yeah, Toronto. Toronto location. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, I also have a deep family uh, connection to TTC. My grandfather drove uh, for TTC, and my uncle uh, recently Whoa. retired. Yeah, and they both like went all the way through through retirement. Uh, yeah, and they got he got like my, when my uncle retired, he got this like gold like stamp thing that they used to click the tickets or whatever and they gave him like a gold one what? yeah it's so cool uh very neat um, i want one of those like retirement thing you know you, a lot of people get a gold watch or whatever i guess ttc people you get the gold <laughs> stamp yeah uh, yeah get, well my work. well my grandpa died so he didn't get a chance to get that not to guilt you right um, <laughs> <laughs> oh so he didn't make it I, i'm sorry to hear that but nah. uh yeah nah, ttc is great okay so then you made it to toronto they sent enough money <laughs> So that's a classic, like, uh, immigrant, immigration story. It's <laughs> a classic thing. You send the money back and then bring them over. Yeah. So me and my mom came over. Um, we were living in the West End maybe for, like, a little hot minute um, around, like, Ossington area. But then my mom moved to Scarborough, which I guess for the listeners that don't know Toronto that well, Scarborough is kind of like the outskirts, suburbs, eastern Toronto. It used to not even be a 
consider it a part of Toronto until they made it the mega city. Mega um, city. Yeah, mega city. Now it's part of the GTA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then I just grew up pretty much my whole life in Scarborough, which the perception of Scarborough to a lot of people in Toronto is that it's a, you know, a rough place. Uh, I now living in New York, I kind of compare Scarborough to Brooklyn. Well, minus like the gentrification, but Scarborough <laughs> is like the Brooklyn of Toronto. I think well, it's Scarborough just, is know. like older Brooklyn, like eighties Brooklyn or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Jay Z, Marcy Projects, Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, in Scarborough, I grew up there, and then up until so I've been living with my mom this whole entire time, you know, throughout my twenties until. To this little about two years ago, no, one year. So until January 2017, and I moved to New York Woo. to do go back to school. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe that shit. Proud uh, of you. <laughs> you gotta do it. You gotta get educated. Yeah. Uh, and so you're taking um, HR. What are you? What are yeah, you doing? I'm doing a I'm doing a master's of science in HR management and development. And I I actually I love it. My reasoning behind it. Well, I applied to a bunch of schools. I NYU was one of them, but I applied to you know uh, schools in Chicago, uh, across the you know over into the UK in London, Ooh. and um, just NYU made the most well I didn't even expect to get into NYU first off and got into NYU and you know it's a nine hour drive from Toronto one hour flight so, so much closer than London yeah and uh my what I a big factor of me you know applying outside of Canada was that I want to work in the media and entertainment industry because I'd been working in HR for about five years or so and it was in nonprofits, so for children's mental health organization uh, for a community service agency. And, you know, you get to a point in your life where you just want to sell out. <laughs> yeah, you've given back. Sounds like you've given back a, a lot. Yeah, now you want to <laughs> go where the money is. Yeah, and I went straight to the city where, you know, NBC, Viacom, HBO. All Rockefeller those, uh, Plaza. <laughs> yeah. Times Square. My school is actually right next door to HBO. So every time I get out of the subway, I look at HBO and I hear the bum, bum, bum. And you just see Larry David walking around. Yeah. Like the cast of Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> handing in a, an assignment late. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, so now you're in New York. Yeah, the big city. So how have you adjusted? So it's been a year, you're saying? Uh, have, you, have you hardened up? <laughs> like, what are some hardships that you've had to deal with? Oh, yeah, you got to harden up. Uh, I'd say getting used to the subway is one of them. Mm -hmm. Because in Toronto, for the past few years, I've been driving around and, you know, you see it's just a whole different different vibe (laughs) when you can get from point A to point B, just, you know, on your own. Like traffic is a factor, obviously, but you know that once you leave your house, you're going to end up in a parking lot or somewhere nearby. You don't have to rely on, you know, well, now here in New York, like switching a million trains and crazy uh scenarios on the on the subway yeah that's what i'm interested in those crazy subway scenarios tell us about it. you getting uh great performances from like those performance people are you getting uh <laughs> are you getting like weirdos man spreading all over the place like what what's going on Oh, I'm getting all of that. So performances <laughs> at least one, at least twice a day. So morning and and evening. 
And uh, they're actually really great. Like, you know, there's a guy, I think this guy was homeless, but he was singing. I think it was easy, uh, the Commodore's Easy Live oh, Sunday yeah. Morning, which kind of didn't make sense because it was Friday. No, it was Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a little early. Probably but, doesn't have calendar. <laughs> <He's checking. laughs> but he was great. He was great. And then uh, the dancers I love. But the thing is, I'm kind of, I try to be cool about those kind of things. You know how people just sit there and, you know, admire the performance that's going on. But at the same time, like if I'm listening to a podcast or a mm. song and then all of a sudden someone comes with their big boom box and this whole thing. Uh, and now I feel like I'm starting to get jaded and I hate that. Yeah, like that's there was, it. Uh, <laughs> that's the New York yeah. creeping in. You got to harden yourself. It's seeping in. Yeah, the other day there was a kid that, you know, one of the ones that does the dancing and they swing around the poles and do all those tricks. This kid didn't really have that many tricks. So <laughs> I'm already a little bit uh, biased at that point. But he he was so close to me. Like his legs mm. when he was swinging around the pole were around about an inch, well, in my head, like an inch from my face. And so I was just so, so scared that he was going to kick me in the face. And then, you know, what if somebody gives him a dollar for that? Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, I can do better. Just, like, <laughs> he kicked him out yeah. a little and further. Had, yeah. Besides face kicking, I've already, ha- I've already had subway injuries. Like I've been, um, there was one Monday where a guy was carrying his bike and the bike wheel hit me in the cheek. No, like, it's full so on dirty too. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't yeah he didn't notice at all there was oh yeah oh yesterday i was on the i was on the train it was my stop i was about to get off and it was raining so the floor was a little bit slippery and um one thing about the new york subway they don't keep it as clean as the toronto subway shocker <laughs> they don't keep it as clean so um yeah it was really slippery and mudgy and grudgy and I'm carrying a whole bunch of bags filled with all these snacks and an umbrella. So I'm rushing to get off the train and I slip, I fall. Mm. And I just, I feel both of my hands are, are filled with bags. So I have nothing to break my fall with. So I just feel my elbow and my forearm make direct contact with a baby in a <laughs> stroller. No. A baby, a peaceful baby. baby in a stroller. And so as soon as I hit... I just, the baby just starts screaming. (laughs) The mom is freaking out. The mom's like, oh my God, oh my God. And trying like tending to the baby. And then there's so much going on. And I'm just like, I I don't even know what to do. And then there are these like two teen uh, kids and they they saw everything happen. And they are trying so hard <laughs> to hold in their laughter. You remember uh, for the Fergie national anthem and yeah, how yeah. all the basketball players? Yeah, they looked like like uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Chance the Rapper yeah. and <laughs> Steph Curry. They were trying so hard, but then they just started losing it and they're like, dying. And the thing, the door opened. So I didn't want to miss my stop. <laughs> like I, I can't, I couldn't miss my stop and there's nothing I could do realistically. Yeah. So I just go, Oh, Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. And the mom's just like, oh, like the mom doesn't even know what to do at this point. She's like, ah. so I'm like, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. And then I just got off the train. Just surreptitiously backed in as the doors closed. Like, see ya. <laughs> yeah, it, you know what it was like? It was, uh, do you watch Seinfeld? Or mm-hmm. Did you watch Seinfeld, I mean? Yes. So, you remember the scene when Kramer is trying to find a seat on the 
on the subway. That was <laughs> that was me, but trying to get off the subway, just slipping and sliding, <laughs> making babies cry. People are laughing at me. I get off, but I think I did realize that I think I lost because I had a big Seven Eleven bag with all these snacks, and it was almost overflowing. When I got home, I couldn't find one of my stuffed cookies. It was like a cre oh, a, a no. icing <laughs> cookie sandwich, okay. and I bought two, and there was only one in there. So I think that one of the cookies, you know, maybe was a casualty in this freak accident. I think the baby but- took the cookie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if the baby took the cookie, that would baby be such a cookie. beautiful ending to the <laughs> story. Because least- then I actually feel better. <laughs> yeah. You just hope that they gave the baby the cookie. <laughs> you would, like, find it later. And they're like, oh, what's this cookie? And he's like, I better get something out of this. <laughs> but I guess it's like a New York baby. He probably is like... Yeah, I'm a, I got punched in the face when I was just a baby riding the subway. So I've seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it all. Classic. So now mm. I think we're all caught up. You're in New York City. And we know your heritage, your uh, Jamaican heritage. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that any of that will come into play in your story entitled New Roommates, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh well, just spoiler alert, no, it doesn't. Actually, no, actually, yeah, maybe it does a little bit. Maybe it does. The only one way to find out. Yeah, so uh, you want me to tell my story right hit, now? Hit us with this tale of intrigue. Okay, this tale of intrigue starts in uh, New York City. It's 2017, around Thanksgiving, with is November because Americans are weird and they don't have Thanksgiving in October when it should be. So it was around Thanksgiving and I'm, my mom is here to visit. My mom, a very nice Jamaican lady. So yes, the Jamaican did. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was incorporated. Very nice Jamaican lady. Her name's Hope. Shout and, out. Uh, yeah, she's a very anxious person. So the name also kind of doesn't make sense. But uh, she was visiting me, and she was you know, helping clean clean up my room. I just moved into a new place in September, deeper in Brooklyn than I already was. My first place was um, in Brooklyn by the Barclays Center, and so my new place was a bit farther than that different area. And uh, so my mom's visiting, and she's helping clean up she's doing my laundry because i'm a grown adult (laughs) that is approaching 30 well that's very classic mom stuff though right yeah (laughs) at that point just can't help herself but to do laundry and tidy up yeah and i can't help her either so (laughs) it's perfect relationship so she's you know getting stuff together doing my laundry and um Leading up to this, uh, I'd say maybe for a few weeks, we had noticed uh, there were some uh, visitors, if you will, some (laughs) New York classic uh, visitors, uh, some new roommates that don't pay rent. If you are (laughs) catching my, for listeners, if you're catching my drift, I'm talking about mice. He's talking about (laughs) mice. Yeah, not rats. Not rats. rats. That's okay. Yeah, a lot of people have rats. I'm like, ooh, no, no way. Yeah, I mean, we've all seen it. We've uh, what is it, Pizza Rat? That guy's out there. He's oh, a New York guy. Yeah. Uh, Shower Rat is the new the new one. <laughs> have you seen that guy? I haven't. I've I, no, I haven't heard of Shower Rat. Oh, Shower Rat's great. So it's uh, a little video of a rat in maybe like the sewer or something. But he's like 
lathering himself up with soap and he's showering he's like showering just like a human he like lifts his arm and gets under his armpit (laughs) and he does his face and stuff and yeah they're calling him shower rat and it's a meme so shout out (laughs) so at least they're not rats that's what yeah but that actually sounds kind of cute and the thing is that i find mice cute you know when i see them especially they're a lot smaller than a thing like then I imagine, you know, yeah. they're smaller than hamsters. And the only the only thing that makes them a nuisance is just the fact that they'll destroy stuff you own. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, anything, you know, I, I keep snacks and stuff. So even I had a little mini O'Henry bar. I think this is also an exclusively Canadian thing. O'Henry, the best chocolate ever invented. Oh, and you had you had smuggled it across the border. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had a stash. Yeah, I had a little mini O'Henry in my purse. I remember waking up and seeing uh, one of the little guys. <laughs> uh, no, I I heard a... Oh, no. So I, oh, God. And I woke up and I'm like, there's no way. I, I heard <laughs> it coming from like an area of a chair where my purse was sitting on. So I, I had an umbrella on my bed <laughs> as my weapon. <laughs> and I took and I smashed my purse. So I had to see the little, whoo, little... Uh, Tom was Tom the mouse and uh, Jerry or was Jerry the mouse? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess it was. What was it? Tom? I think it was Jerry. Jerry. I think Jerry's the mouse. Jerry's yeah, the mouse. Tom's the cat. Yeah. Yeah. So little Jerry jumps out and uh, and then the next day I went to go inspect and it was just no sign of chocolate to be found. Not even a crumb. <laughs> just shredded up wrapper. And this had been going on for a few weeks. Just anything, even in my backpack, if I had a little granola bar or a trail mix it would be done like they they were on top of it no stone left unturned when it comes to little food around the house yeah they were yeah they i i don't even they had some kind of uh system some <laughs> setup they were working shifts i don't know so i when my mom came we'd already you know made sure that there was nothing to sustain them around we'd already set up stuff and you know traps all that good stuff and so uh, my mom's doing my laundry and she asked me out of nowhere she goes you know why why are you doing this and i go what she's like why are you why are you cutting a hole in the crotch lining of all your underwears (laughs) and i go (laughs) i go uh what i i beg I beg your pardon? And she she says it again. I'm like, what what are you talking about? What are you talking about? She shows me. And in I when I saw this, it, it the emotions that I felt, I can't even describe, you know, ever feeling that a combination of such emotions. There was disgust, anger, sadness, embarrassment was probably the biggest one. So all of my underwears that had been in, uh, you know, in my closet. Well, also now, now I'm realizing the story makes me sound really disgusting and gross. So <laughs> that sucks. But yeah, there was a leak on. No, you know, it's the I mice. Think... The, the mice are the <laughs> gross ones. The mice. They're the gross ones. But yeah, I, um, you know, didn't uh, get around to you. I usually, this is too much information now, but I usually wash my underwears by hand. <laughs> and, uh, or as soon as, you know, they're dirty. But this particular week, they had just been in a pile in the back of my closet on, on the floor. So that's where my mom got this from. And it was just the, you know, the lining of the underwear. Because, uh, 
it wasn't it wasn't a straight hole through the whole thing. It was just the insides, which you know is the part that touches your body. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. What do you do? You think the mice like cut it out and took it back to their nest because it's like That's good a ha- nest material. You know what? I never thought about that. The nesting. Yeah, that probably is. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. nest. Yeah, probably for the nest. But uh, see, I wish I had you there in the moment because <laughs> to explain it to your mom. We're like, listen, the lining is good for the nest. It's soft, <laughs> easy to get chew out. You know, makes Very sense soft. to me. You know, it's cotton. We only buy underwear from Licenza and Levion Rose, so you know it's good quality. You no, know that's the good stuff. Yeah, but it, no, but it actually was the good stuff because instead of having you around, I had uh, Reddit and Quora. <laughs> okay. And just Google Yahoo Answers. And I, it's probably the most uh, embarrassing and you know humbling <laughs> experience to type into Google. I used incognito. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> type into Google, do mice eat dirty underwears? <laughs> or why do mice like dirty underwears? Yeah. And got some answers of other people saying, yes, they love it. Oh. Because if the, you know, the bodily excretions, <laughs> this is so gross. Yeah. It's some fair, <laughs> let's say pheromones leftover pheromones <laughs> yeah and you know also i'm you know i'm a woman you know we have natural you know cervical you know it's a self-cleaning oven inside of us <laughs> so the clean the you know the there's some science sometimes in there so yeah so they can sense it they can seek it uh, out just like the uh the o henry bars <laughs> it's like same the thing to them oh god <laughs> caramel yeah <laughs> yeah they uh they loved it they ate that they ate that right up uh something because apparently there's salts in that kind of uh oh, fluid or bodily so stuff like so even salty like snack yeah so even uh, some people were saying that they're even attracted to sweat i'm like what are these <laughs> like are they a girl reading a cosmo mag like make sure you come from the gym don't shower right away because uh girls love it so yeah they're just they like the sugars and the salts and the proteins wow that is that incredibly interesting i never would have thought like the o henry bar yes the granola bar for sure but i never would have thought undies underwear yeah. And, uh, you know, you know what? You're right. It is very, very interesting, very fascinating. But when it's happening to you, <laughs> I get the, the moment, uh, combination of emotions that you're feeling and yeah, yeah questioning like you, you like you needed answers. <laughs> you had to go to be like, I need to know. <laughs> yeah, I need to know. And when I found out, I was so disgusting so I mean, wow no, nothing is safe and then immediately uh, well, the good thing about this is that i got a, a joke for i got a bit for my stand-up out of nice. it it's uh it's probably one of the only things that people after my set will come up to me and they remember it or they'll say you know <laughs> yeah. what like i liked your or like so was, you know they'll be like oh uh the mouse thing, though, that <laughs> was all. Oh, you have to talk more about that. Right. Oh, my God, God. So It really no. strikes a chord with people. So, yeah, it, hey, if anyone, if any of the listeners have had this experience, reach out. Reach yeah, out. Let us know. It's a terrifying thing, though, to think that because you know, I, I wear underwear and when I'm going to sleep. And I remember how I woke up to the uh, old Henry being eaten. Now oh we know that the God. underwears are also of another type of O. Henry. How do I know? Is you know, it's just I. That yeah, adds I a whole layer of creepiness that I was not even thinking of. But yeah, that would yeah. be oh, geez. 
So, so what's the status now? Are they- Ooh, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. As of, so I went back home to Toronto for Christmas, holidays, New Year's and all that. When I came back, ever since then, not a sign anywhere. No one has seen it. My roommates haven't. I haven't. You know, no droppings, no leftovers. They're completely gone. You know, we we beefed up the whole security, the, the traps, and those ultrasonic uh, things oh, that cool. are supposed to. Yeah, they're supposed to emit like a yeah that's something some to kind keep of them wave away. that they hate. Yeah, so I guess that's working. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's working. Like not a single sign, and it's been what now it's. The end of February, it's been at least two months where back in those days, you'd see a sign a couple times a day or you'd see something. Right. So, and, I, and I've had, you know, cookies and stuff in, in my room, <laughs> chocolate bars, and have, hasn't been touched at all. So they're and gone. The they, long nightmare has ended. See you later, yeah. mice. <laughs> well, what a happy ending because that doesn't always happen. You know, people are just like, yeah, it's just we've reached a, an agreement where I'll uh, I just like live with it. <laughs> Yeah, just snuggle with them, invite them over. Yeah. All right, well, thank you very much for sharing that lovely story and interesting uh, story. So now we get into talking Twitter. All right, (laughs) so I have looked and done some internet research, and it seems like you have been on Twitter since June 2009. Were you always telling jokes, or what were you doing in those early days of Twitter? Well, you know, I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you you did start it as like a joke account because some people started as just like they'll follow celebrities that are just looking at news oh, or they'll only see, like. I never, th- I never think of Twitter like that. They, like, you know, it's so weird because uh, most of my friends and all the people I follow are all either comedians or writers or people that aren't but are really, really funny and make jokes. So when I see people, well, I follow some HR people, like talent recruiter people. (laughs) Uh So when I see serious tweets, it's such a strange thing. Are people just updating normal updates about their day? I find it so strange. Yeah, like those old school Facebook status style updates. Because that's sort of what I thought in the early days of Twitter. I'm like, oh, what's the point of that? Like Facebook status has that. It's just a bunch of Facebook statuses, but... It's so much more. But yeah, it's interesting yeah. to like how different people and different businesses use it. Like it were mostly in joke Twitter, but yeah, there's serious Twitter, <laughs> the all these serious different Twitter. like weird yeah. groups uh within Twitter and that's what makes it pretty uh it's so interesting. So yeah, June two thousand and nine. That's what it says. I'm trying to think of where I was in my life in two thousand and probably going to rap concerts and <laughs> what was the good rap back then what was in 2009 mm. what was it back that like kanye was oh yeah he was popping off yeah he was yeah um lupe fiasco i remember being really into lupe that fiasco, kick kick push i believe <laughs> was that him <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah i think that was him uh, oh yeah, yeah i totally forgot about that back in skate Back Skate, then. Him, him in, uh, skateboard P, <laughs> little skateboard yeah. P, <laughs> little skateboard P. We had 2009. I I remember getting my friends into Twitter, and just so you could get some more followers to read your Yeah. Jokes. Oh, oh my God! Now I remember. Okay, so I think I okay. I was kind of lying a little bit. A big part of my getting into Twitter or starting to post updates was. Because of Justin Bieber. <laughs> Biebs! The yeah. Biebs! Wow. So this is, a, I guess, a, a, just a mini story. So uh, 
my friend and I, we had some friends. Uh, we were friends with a part. There was this uh, rapper back then. Well, he, he probably still raps now, but I mean, like he was popular then, not really so much now. Uh, his name is Asher Roth. He was like that white rapper. Oh, yeah. That's, I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, that rapped about college. So we had, uh, we were friends with his friends and his you know, drummer and DJ and stuff. So uh, we were, they let us, you know, come on tour with them. It wasn't in like a groupy way, but they let us just like come out, come out, hang on the bus or hang in New York at shows. And it was just such a fun time. So he had a show at the Nokia theater in New York. This is around my birthday. So we made the trip and we're in the backstage. And so we're sitting around just, I was, I remember I was eating marshmallows and Nutella. I was dipping the marshmallows <laughs> okay. in the Nutella. Classic have a backstage problem. food. Yeah, and no, I brought I brought oh, this. Oh, you this brought that. Like, this wasn't even craft services or anything. I this was straight out of my duffel bag that I brought. That's awesome. And uh, so we're sitting there eating, and you know, people are coming in and out, management types, and I can just tell that they're looking at me and my friend, but probably mostly me, being like, who who. Who is this girl? Why like, is she Where'd she, she here? get those marshmallows and Nutella? That looks delicious. Yeah. So this one guy, he comes in and he's kind of, he's talking to us about the, he goes, are those marshmallows and Nutella? And I go, yep. He's like, this weird. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and we're eating pizza and stuff. And then I was talking to, so it turns out he was um, Asher's manager, Scooter Braun. Oh, I've heard that name. Yeah. So he also was the guy that discovered Justin Bieber. Mm -hmm. So he was Justin Bieber's manager. So at this point, we're talking to his assistant and he comes in and he goes, wait, do you do you have passes to be in here? (laughs) And we go, oh, and then he just leaves the room like, oh, God, we're going to get kicked out. Then he comes back and then he doesn't say anything. So I go, is everything okay?" He goes, oh, yeah, I just since you guys he's like, you guys are actually on the list to have passes, but you somehow got in without having to show them. So now I can give your passes to these people that I know um, so they can get in. So I go, oh, okay, sweet. And uh, so we're talking and he's like, well, where are you from? And we go, Canada. He's like, do you, have you heard of someone named Justin Bieber? And at this point I had. Is this, so is this baby had, era? Like what level of Justin Bieber is this? This was right before baby. So this was, um, what was uh actually i think it may have even been post baby i think it may have been post baby i think it may have been around the time if not before um one time i mean the his first song i'm gonna tell you one time okay girl okay. i love girl i love you that one <laughs> so i think it was either when it was just coming out. it was at a point where he wasn't fake like he wasn't beebs like he wasn't famous yet he was just like if you were someone that uh, lurked on YouTube and that kind of stuff a lot that you would know of him. So that's how I, I knew him as the kid that had the YouTube video of singing to Usher and getting discovered by Usher and skateboarding and drumming. And he'd been to much music and performed there. So I knew him because of that. And a bunch of girls that I worked with who were in at, their, at that time in their mid-20s were in love with him. But she was, <laughs> he was like 15 or something at yeah. this point. So I'm telling Scooter all of this, and his face is just lighting up. He's like, you got to tell him yourself. You got to tell him. I'm like, what? So he he um, starts dialing 
his phone and he's like, you got to tell me yourself. So he gets Justin Bieber on the phone <laughs> and he, um, he's like, yeah, Hey, Hey buddy. I'm so I'm at New York. Uh, um, no, I'm at the Astros concert in New York right now. I'm sitting with this girl. She's 20 years old. She's, she's from Toronto, Canada. And she has something to tell you. <laughs> and then he just, and then he just passes me the phone. So I don't know what to say. And at the same time, I kind of just wanted to be, I guess just sarcastic and <laughs> funny because I hate the whole like celebrity type thing. So he puts me on the phone. I'm like, Hey, uh, yeah, my mom wants to know, can you help us pay off our mortgage? Cause you're probably going to blow up and make a lot of money. So can she, my mom, can you, can, would you let my mom adopt you? So then you can make us <laughs> some money and pay off her mortgage. <laughs> so then he's just, he's playing along with it. He's like, if my, uh, we'll I'll see. Maybe if my parents let me, he's like, I'll see what my parents say. Uh, and yeah. then he was, yeah, his voice, he sounded like such a baby. He's and like, a he was, kid. he was so cute. And he's just like, hey, what are you doing there? How did you meet Scooter or whatever? <laughs> this, I actually have the video of this phone call on my Facebook. So if you want to. Oh, that's very cool. Check that out after. But, um, but yeah, so he was on. So this whole time, Scooter's like, oh, are you on Twitter? Like, add me on Twitter. And, um, cause he was at this point, he was offering me and my friend a job. Cause he's <laughs> like, you know what? You guys are really friendly. Everyone loves you. And, and, um, you know, it wasn't like a groupie situation. So he's like, you know, do you want to sell merch on this tour? Like, what are you doing for the next two weeks? But my mom had planned a trip to Europe. So. Oh, <laughs> saved, saved you from getting into a life of merch sales on tour. <laughs> Being merch queen. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, but the thing is, we actually had a call with Scooter a couple months later because he's like, oh, um, well, I think we're doing the Blink-182 reunion tour. So. I'll keep you posted about that if you want to sell merch there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that didn't end up panning out. Uh, but yeah, so I ended up starting Twitter, and like when I followed Justin Bieber, he followed me like right back, and then all the people in that crew followed me back. So then after getting that Justin Bieber follow, just all these floods of little of girl young yeah. girls started following <clears throat> me because I guess maybe it was e easier back then to just find who would follow somebody else. So these girls were just following me just because he followed me. Yeah, it's really like crazy fan worship stuff. Yeah, and they would send me tweets and be like, oh, do you work with Justin? Or like, why <laughs> yeah. does he follow you? Or why does he like you're all of these other people, his management and all these other people, uh, the assistant follows you. Yeah. So and then people would come up with their own like conspiracy theories and talk to each other <laughs> about me on Twitter. Be like, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure you? I think she works. I think she's probably, um, you know, his uh, assistant. Um, she's probably Justin's assistant because she's Canadian. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, that kind of got me having a little bit more fun with Twitter because I would just be logging in and reading all this and then feeling the pressure was on because I'm like, now yeah. all these people are following me, so I have to say something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you have been saying things ever since. Yeah, and I probably lost pretty almost all of those followers. I don't you think, think they so? like my N tweets. None of them follow you anymore. Mm. The Beebs doesn't follow you. Justin still follows me, but oh, he yeah. if he wouldn't be able to pick me out of a lineup. But that's hey, player. whatever. That's still pretty cool, I'd say. Shout mm -hmm. out to the Beebs. Great. Yeah, shout out to him. <laughs> well, that was a great uh, side tangent that we got to. Oh yeah. Uh, there. <laughs> so uh, let's skip ahead with this talk in Twitter section. Um, have you ever had any interesting or fun interactions other than that one, I guess, with a celebrity or brand? Oh yeah. Um, 
So the ones I can remember, Pharaoh, Monk, you know, the wow, 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 Simon <laughs> says, shut the fuck up, that song. So I think I tweeted, I mentioned his name or something for some reason, or I said something. Oh, no, I think I had a tweet back in the day that was, um, it was a tweet that I like that was like, um, play it again, Sam, for old time's sake. And it was, attention, please, attention, please. This shit here feels like the whole entire world collapse, motherfucker. <laughs> but no, that was Busta. But it was something, I don't remember what the tweet was, but Pharaoh Monk liked it. And um, that just made me really happy because I didn't even know that he had Twitter. So I'm like, wow, he's on Twitter and he knows of me. <laughs> and his so name's Urgent. <laughs> I guess you spelled his name right because it's spelled like M-O-N-C-H-E or something. Yeah, I yeah. So I don't even know if I'm pronounced. I don't know if I've ever pronounced it right. Who knows who's... I think so. Okay, that's pretty cool. But other than that, my more exciting ones have been, you know, complaining about brands. Yeah, uh, brands. <laughs> I had a back and forth with Toaster Strudel. Oh, Toaster Strudels. Uh, yeah, the Toaster Strudels a couple years ago. I So I'm a big Toaster Strudel fan. Um, if you are listening and you think Pop-Tarts are better, you <laughs> can go walk into traffic. And don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> don't at me. So uh, the Toaster Strudel – so I have, a, I have a, a specific process for eating my Toaster Strudel. And that's – I have two strudels. Uh, and so with the icing, I'll eat, I'll have a first, my first strudel will be the sacrifice strudel. So it'll be the Jesus strudel where I eat it without <laughs> any icing, just plain. And it still tastes good because it's a strudel and not a pop tart. And the <laughs> second strudel is like the return, you know, the three days, I don't, it, 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 whether you're religious or not, the, it's the return ultimate salvation strudel where it has two packets of icing <laughs> because one packet isn't enough and we all know this if you like toaster strudel you know and you have a sweet tooth you know one one packet is not enough so i always put two on one but there was uh i bought this one box of strudels and every packet of icing was was an illusion there was no icing there were there was no icing in these packets it was Uh-oh. just it had there was icing on the outside, so like stuck to the right. st- stuck. It gave, it gave the illusion that it was full, yeah. But there was no actual icing in there. It was just like spread on the <clears throat> inner lining, but there was nothing in there. So when you rip the off the little, little rip off the little tab or whatever, and you squeeze it, nothing comes out. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm maybe exaggerating a little bit. A tiny bit came out, but it was not not even half full. Not a so full I, serving. Yeah. <laughs> Not a full serving at all, which for now, for my double, my, my salvation strudel, that is, it was so sad. So I took pictures of the icing packets, took pictures of the strudels and tweeted it right away and started uh, kind of going on a, I would say probably you could say I was being a bit extra. I was tweeting, <laughs> getting no response and I kept tweeting and people, my friends thought it was funny. So that they were. Saying, you know, Toaster Strudel, get Janelle some answers. (laughs) (laughs) We're not buying it until you answer Janelle. Why does she get no icing? And then I would just keep on tweeting it and then making jokes about it. And then eventually they uh, slid up in the DMs. And (laughs) yeah, they sent me a, they asked for my address. And then later in the mail, I got a, a letter of them, uh, them apologizing for the the qual the quality of the product not being up to standard and coupons 
for to get free toaster strudels and uh, General Mills products. Oh, that's so great. Cheerios, all of that. It was oh. such a great experience. Is I love them now. They Pop Tarts would never. Brand came through online. Yeah, I love seeing those uh, brands <laughs> who do good online <laughs> and right the wrongs <laughs> that they themselves has caused. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was just it was magical. And there was someone else that I was harassing on Twitter. I think it was oh, it was um when around when I started stand up, I was doing this dumb joke which. Now I look at it, I I don't know. I definitely don't do it anymore. It's so dumb. It was about a, a ghost Bruce Lee and uh, Bruce Lee in that movie No Retreat, No Surrender, and how he was teaching that kid how to how to fight as a ghost. And so I started making memes about ghost Bruce Lee and <laughs> um, being like, "Thank you, based ghost Bruce Lee." The reason I brought it up in the joke was because there was um, he they announced Bruce Lee as special fighter on um it was the ufc it was some ufc video game i forget which one it was but they announced their mystery fighter was bruce lee so then i was tweeting them incessantly being like how is this your mystery fighter he is dead he is a ghost (laughs) (laughs) and and uh, i started doing jokes about this and sending them memes i mean when are you guys going to acknowledge that he's a ghost when you guys are going to acknowledge me why are you ghosting me and they never uh i'm like i'm giving you guys so much free publicity <laughs> talking about this game and then they and ghosted you yeah they ghosted me for real so Ugh. never heard from them again maybe i'll hit them up be like a, <laughs> a you up kind of text. remember me <laughs> <clears throat> raising from the dead all right, well, I got one more question before we get into the tweets, and that would be, who would be your ultimate dream follow-back? Now, for this question, I'm talking any person, real or fictional, living or dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. So, like, they don't even have to really be a person or exist <laughs> or have Twitter. In this scenario, they do have Twitter, and you'd love a follow-back. Mm, okay. Can I choose one, one real and one not? Yes. Okay, so my real one will, would be, and this is just me being thirsty, um, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan mm, <laughs> to follow back. I love him, and I just saw Black Panther, and I, you know, <laughs> am planning her wedding. So yeah, it would be like really <laughs> helpful if he followed me back. Yeah, it'd be, you know, because our wedding, I feel like that could be a source of uh, strife in our marriage if I follow him and he doesn't follow me back. So, yeah, Michael B. Jordan, that's my real pick. For fictional pick, I would say if Michael Scott from The <laughs> Office were oh, a real a good person. One. Yeah, <laughs> his tweets would be ridiculous. Yeah, and I feel like he would be the type that would, you know when people respond to your tweets or your joke <laughs> tweets taking them seriously? Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, you just ruined it. Yeah. I feel like he would do that to me a lot, but it would actually be funny. <laughs> yeah, he'd be super sincere about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, great. So that concludes our talk on Twitter, and let's get into the tweets. So you have selected one of your own tweets to share with us. Would you like to read it for the class? Oh, I guess. You know what? <laughs> it was so hard. <laughs> I know. I make people choose. It's like a Sophie's Choice of all their tweets. Yeah, and it, it's very, it's also another humbling experience because when you're tweeting and you're putting these out and you think, as soon as you put it out, you think it's so great until it gets 
like <laughs> less start getting than some 10 feedback. Like, yeah. Less, yeah. <laughs> And that's pretty much the story of my life for Twitter. So I have all these two sides looking at it. I'm like, should I, should I pick this one? Because I really thought it was funny and it only got four favorites, but maybe, you know, maybe Steve will find yeah. it funny. But then I would think about it too much and be like, uh, maybe it's not funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's my tweet that I picked and it was, uh, just use the term quote unquote leg wrist because I couldn't remember the word ankle. It's been a long day. <laughs> I love that one. Leg wrist. Leg wrist. That's and that what was it a is. real thing too. <laughs> yeah. I love the ones that come from something real because, you know, it's it's more relatable and people can tell. Like, oh, I bet you actually thought it was a leg wrist. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is that objectively speaking, I don't even I'm not even a huge fan of this tweet, to be honest. I like it because it was real and it was something that I actually thought and it got more likes than most things that I do, <laughs> yeah. which I'm like, okay, I guess people resonate with this. Maybe other people are dumb like me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I but, liked uh, it. Uh, yeah, leg wrist, classic. You can use that term interchangeably. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the reason I like. There's some other ones that I definitely like a lot more, but. Um, All right. Well, hopefully the one that I'm I. Have, with leg wrist. Hopefully the one that I have selected is one of those. And my pick. From your tweets is this. You picked one? Yeah, and here it is. Oh, okay. Looking for a bookie that takes bets on which of your coworkers are coming back for seconds when there's cake. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one because I was like, I've had the same thought. I'm like, there should be like a betting website, like a bodog.com for where you just put in your own odds for your friends. <laughs> right? About like oh local stuff, right? Because like, that's the thing, like this one really resonated with me because you always like make those silly kind of like bets with your friends and stuff about personal <laughs> things that you can't normally bet on, things that don't really have like an over-under odds, but you make up your own <laughs> odds. You make your odds and you place these bets. So uh, I really like that And you know you one. would be so rich because that actually came from a real, a real place too. It was at my old workplace i me and my coworker would take lunch late so around maybe one or two o'clock and this was prime you know leftover time when people would come back to try and get their seconds <laughs> so i for my whole lunch hour i remember we'd see people would come in three times so we me and my coworker would be like oh yeah um we we knew who would come back for seconds and who would bring their tupperware <laughs> bring but the Tupperware. Yeah, coming back for seconds is is one thing. It's fine, but that mm -hmm. Tupperware move—that's like next level. Yeah, and say? I'm that person now. <laughs> You're a Tupperware queen. <laughs> yeah, and I pulled that too. So that joke could have worked on me. Like I would be the you know the I'd be the horse to bet on. Always bet <laughs> on Janelle coming back for cake. Yeah, and also bet on me trying to fool everyone that it's my first time. <laughs> <laughs> I was so good at pretend going in and being like, like oh, is there cake? Cake? Oh. What is this? <laughs> this isn't custard when I already have like right. two on my desk and one wrapped in my bag ready to go. And some custard on your lip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, well, I love that one, and everyone should be following Janelle and her handle at Janelle Dennis on twitter so you're like me you're a real name person because you know a lot of people are fake names or cartoon avis so yeah you're really owning it you're being a real person online what do you feel about that <laughs> i love that you brought that up do you have another one where you okay. troll people anonymously <laughs> this one you keep clean or you just like put it all out there 
Yeah, it's actually Ghost Bruce Lee. Uh, no, <laughs> I... Okay, so with the name thing, I feel this is such a... for. I don't believe in horoscopes, but anyone who's ever horoscope analyzed me and found out that I have a Capricorn moon, uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's very kind of, uh, I like to keep my, oh, this sounds so disgusting. I like to keep my brand consistent. (laughs) Uh, If someone goes to follow me on Instagram or knows me on Facebook, I want them to be able to look me up and be able to find me easily so just by putting in my name and my name is pretty unique because the janelle is spelt with an h because my parents are weird (laughs) so i like yeah i just like the consistency keeping like that also steve who knows like what if one day one of us becomes famous for who knows what reason (laughs) yeah the famous people have their names so i'm just saying yeah it's a little bit harder to be one of those anonymous people who becomes famous because yeah, what are you going to be, Banksy? <laughs> like, that's <laughs> impossible to keep that sort of level of secrecy um, going. All yeah. right, so now we get into your picks from others. So sifted from mm-hmm. the hundreds of tweets online, you have selected a bunch of tweets. So maybe – so I just put them all in, but I think we're running a little okay. short on time. So let's just – we'll go you read one, I'll read one, you read one, and then maybe I'll read one. We'll do four. Okay, so the first one – this is by at Slimmy Hendrix. See, that's a cool name. <laughs> that's I wish cool. I could that. <laughs> yeah, Slimmy Hendrix's other name is Tibred or Tibred Terry. <laughs> and he tweets, uh, quoting Quincy Jones, So we're in the middle of Cars 2, right? I'm loving it. Then I hear some kid yell, This and weren't eating beans. So I turn around, and sure enough, some N word was eating beans. Beans! So. Uh, but I can't go into much detail. I've already said too much. You ever play Pokemon Go? <laughs> That's the tweet we were teasing at the top of the show. The classic Quincy Jones satire tweet. <laughs> just yeah, just, just rambling on. It was exactly him. That, it was perfect. It's, it's so good. It's so good. So that was at Slimmy Hendrix. Everyone mm-hmm. go check him out. All right. This next one is from a verified account. This is nice. And he is from mm-hmm. that This is in Marrow show on Vice, yep. I believe. So his tweet, oh, it's a, it's a Black Panther reference. And it is this. IRL, y'all will be sick of Killmonger for spamming your timeline with links about lettuce being man-made. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's the Michael B. Jordan character, correct? Of, yeah. Uh, of Black Panther. <laughs> so I guess in real life, he would be more of like a, a lame person online. Yeah, and also it was, I think, a joke about the fact that Killmonger was the woke villain and everyone that saw the movie was like, you know what, I really, I agree with Killmonger, even though he was, you know, well, not to spoil anything, but... Yeah, I agree with him. He had some good points. <laughs> and so this tweet is like, no, if Killmonger were real, he would definitely be the type that tells you to that he'd be the type that has tape over his uh, <laughs> laptop camera, which everyone <laughs> should definitely do. They're watching you every minute. <laughs> so great take. I uh, love that one. Um, yeah. If anyone goes to look at that tweet, go read the thread. The thread is just people adding more jokes or more things that Killmonger would be. And <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so funny. I, like one guy says that Killmonger would be the type to try and sell you essential oils <laughs> <laughs> nice. and warn you about your Pinot gun being calcified. 
<laughs> so it seems like that would probably spawn some sort of a Twitter parody account, right? Like mm-hmm. woke Killmonger mm-hmm. or something, right? Like uh, <laughs> emo Kylo Ren. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay, so tweet number three is uh, by a user who goes by Blacks. Her name is Black Suede Pumps. That's B L A A K Suede Pumps. And her uh, sub name is Eagle Super Bowl Lil Champs Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> With Eagles emojis. So her tweet goes, so I found out that for the past six months, my uncle has been going to funerals to go to the repast after for food. He doesn't know these people. He looks in the death notices in the paper. Oh, my God. And then she quotes them and goes, some people just have the spirit of grief in their grief. <laughs> <laughs> that's that last part is what really gets you. Yeah, <laughs> like he's yeah. defending himself and just saying, "Look, the food tastes better with grief in it." <laughs> yeah, the suffering uh, is a seasoning. <laughs> yeah, sadness. <laughs> the se- you can really taste the sadness. <laughs> and I will share the last tweet. It is from Josh Gondelman. Our good pal Josh Love Gondelman, him. he's great, uh, at Josh Gondelman. Shout out to him and his pug. <laughs> so his tweet is, if we're being honest, more Instagram stories should end. I guess you had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true, true, and that's why Every Instagram story re- sucks, relatable. even mine. But you got to put them out there, <laughs> right? It's <laughs> just part of what happens now. Oh, uh, yeah. Josh Gomez, very also very funny stand-up comedian. If you very get funny. He, he, nicest guy on the planet. So nice. Uh, yeah, he does those pep talks uh, every once in a while on Twitter, which are very cool. He mm. used to do that um, modern Seinfeld one, uh, account that blew up and took off. That was his first sort of like huge Are you thing. serious? That's him? Yeah, it was him and one yeah. another guy. And then they, they don't do it anymore, but they like wrote a book together. Seinfeld 2000. No, Seinfeld 2000 is a parody of that. So Josh Gondelman started Modern Seinfeld and it was sort of just like, what if Seinfeld was modern, you know, and then it would do like little episode recaps using like oh. modern, modern like references. And then Seinfeld 2000 is like that, but sat it like satirizes that to like an insane degree. <laughs> so yeah, that's sort of, yeah, that's like the stepping stone. But yeah, Josh Gondelman. Shout wow, I had no idea that was him. him. I love him. Yeah, great. All right. And Even now, more. And now we get into everyone's favorite segment. It is questions from Twitter. So we got a few questions here sent in by our listeners. So thank you very much to everyone who has sent a question. And be sure to follow at FOTSpod and send a question for a future guest. The first question comes from Thomas Brendel at The Solemn Bard. And he, uh, I remember this guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, you were very interested in this. And he says, I love uh, him. The power of anagram compels me to ask, does hell need ninjas? So hell uh, <laughs> need ninjas, all caps. And what is that? What is that an anagram of, Janelle? I'm crying right now. Uh, it's an anagram of my name, and Janelle you, Dennis, <laughs> with the H. You never. You know how long? <laughs> my whole entire life, I've been trying to find an anagram for my name. I found, you know, certain things that you could spell my name with, but never with all the letters. Hell needs ninjas. <laughs> I'm so shook. That's good. That would mean look good on a shirt. Yeah. Maybe Hell I can ninjas. start a brand out of that. Oh, yeah. Hell Ninjas? That's pretty badass. <laughs> Hell 
mom needs ninjas. I just can't even believe it. I counted it a million times just to try. I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, he has an extra E in there or it is missing an L or there's no D. Nope. He got it spot on. And I'm so scared. He did it. That's his superpower. He has the power of anagram. <laughs> so I guess now we've we've settled that that's a very cool anagram of your name. So thank you very much, Thomas, for sending that in. And now the next question comes from Llama in a Tux at Llama in a Tux. <laughs> and Kevin asks, hello, longtime listener and also longtime caller. Can you explain some of the differences or connections between tweet writing and stand up? What are some elements that work in one but not both? Or that work in both? Great question. That's such a good question. Which is uh, so, so good that I know that I'm definitely going to disappoint with my answer. No, no. Yeah, I'd say in the parallels between Twitter and stand-up is just so, it's just so natural. Because, well, I guess now beyond, that we're allowed beyond 280 characters or whatever it is, Twitter, you have to be concise and that is such an important thing with stand-up. Like you have to be able to, if you have a funny story or if you have all these funny thoughts, you have to be able to whittle it. Or the the best comics are the ones that whittle it down to just the basic bare-bones information that you need to set it up. And then your punch and then maybe a tag. But, it, it, you know that's what makes a joke work and twitter is so great for that because you have to you you don't have all of the, all of these characters and all the space to dedicate to it so you just have to you know get all of those elements out there in as little characters as possible yeah it's a great practice in editing self-editing self-editing so yeah. you know yeah that you got self-editing that's i could have just edited my whole answer and just said that <laughs> well <laughs> next time right that's how it works yeah. but i've never like, been great at being concise so i'll tell you but, well now i'm getting a lot better at it uh-huh. is that how you yeah. work uh, work out your stuff on stage or do you sort of do you work it out more on stage or sort of edit it you know at on paper uh, I work it on the stage. Yeah. So yeah, so kind of what you're saying and what the question was alluding to, the Twitter is always, for me, but also I know most comedians, a lot of my friends, it's a great starting point for you to put a half-baked joke out there and then write based on that. So using that tweet as a writing prompt to um, kind of flesh out uh, different punches, tags, um, where it could go, changing some details around. Uh, so yeah, a lot of my bits have started out as a tweet or status, or even the, just going to Facebook. So a status that got a lot of likes or comments, and people really seem to resonate with that. Normally, then I'll take that to the stage because it's the best. The internet and Twitter is the best focus group. Yeah, so you already have a little bit of feedback. You know that it's resonating on some level. There's some nugget that people are identifying with or it's hitting some chord. So that is the impetus to then, you know, flesh it out. Like you're saying, work it out on stage, find out where else you can go with it, but keep that core idea that really resonated with people. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah, pretty much, that's it in a nutshell. Well, there you go. And thank you very much for your question, Llama in a Tux. And thanks, Llama. Thanks, Llama. And now the final question comes in from friend of the show, Timmy, at the Timmy Toes. And Timmy asks, when it comes to tissues, are the little cube boxes or the rectangle boxes better? 
I actually laughed when I read this question because <laughs> this this is Twitter. Like that question is Twitter, and that's why I love it. Well, also Reddit, but it's, it's such a Twitter question. And I I hated that I already had a, an answer immediately when I read it. You had a reaction answer. Yeah. The square box, bro. The square. I don't know why we, like, as a society, we started with the rectangle box. It just doesn't make any sense. I have tissue. Like, I always have box tissues on every nightstand, every table. The rectangle box gets knocked off. It's too big. It's too big. You you need the square. That's true. I just always thought because the the tissues are rectangles, then that's just how they naturally lie, that the rectangle makes sense. Right? Uh, But I understand your point in that it's it's a weird size. It doesn't fit, like you're saying, on your nightstand or whatever. It never looks good in wherever you put it. That's why they have those, like, boxes like the decorative things that go over top of the kleenex box (laughs) that's an industry (laughs) just covering up a kleenex box yeah i thought that was a black people thing the the tissue box cover (laughs) like the decorative (laughs) tissue the love is always like so blinged out but yeah the square is so much better i have two in my room right now and it because i have a square uh i have a lamp shelf and it fits perfectly it like i can put the tissue box on there with a glass of water my sister calls it night water because water that you drink <laughs> at night yeah and then uh beds breakfast bedside beer that's my own thing so right, it's okay. like a can of beer <laughs> 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 yummy yeah it's a can of beer normally that i haven't finished from the night before yeah. and so i wake up in the morning i have a couple sips and i drink it that's my uh it's a little hair bedtime. Th- yeah hair of the dog for you <laughs> Yeah, bedside breakfast beer. The but it wouldn't be possible if I had a rectangle tissue box. I'd have to choose. Yeah, that wouldn't make any but, sense. Yeah. All right. Well, that just about does it. Thank you very much for to, to Timmy for that question, and thank you everyone who has submitted a question. All right, and as we wind, as we wind it up, this is the end of the show. We're gonna get into what you're gonna promote. I think you have a couple dates here, so this episode will be out on March fifth. I think uh, Monday. So okay, that's a date that you're gonna do a comedy show of, on. <laughs> I think. Okay, yeah, perfect timing. Yeah, March 5th, if you're in New York City, uh, come out to New York Comedy Club, 7 p.m. I'll be one of the acts, but the lineup is insane. It's a bunch of Canadians. It's a show with Comedy Records and Interrobang. Um, after, so that weekend, I'm going to be back in Toronto. So Friday, March 9th at 9.30, rap battles at the Great Hall. It's normally a comedy bar, but, and so it'll be a crazy time. Very and, cool. Uh, oh, the last thing, oh, this is already too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a show in Toronto called IRL, hashtag IRL. And, uh, it's just a show where people, my favorite stand-up comedians, uh, tell, jokes based on their tweets so pretty much like that question we just answered and steve you should do the show sometime oh jeez, <laughs> you're very sweet and i love that show it's such a cool idea that people are bringing their online personas to the stage uh in a really direct way like you put up screenshots of like instagrams and their tweets and even facebook stuff uh so it covers all the gamuts of social media and yeah it's a really really great um premise for a show and very cool all the best folks have been on and i believe friend of the show isabel zatun 
has also been on it. We love Isabel. <laughs> yeah, she's a monster. She's a monster on Twitter. She's one of the people, because a lot of the people that I have on the show, I like to focus on how little love we get for the audience to laugh because people online laugh. But Isabel actually has many followers and so many likes. So, But yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, the IRL show. If you should, Yeah, Steve, you should definitely be on. I don't know why I haven't <laughs> had you on earlier. But yeah, you should be. Anyway, and, and there may, it may be actually coming to new york um we're still Ooh. working out the logistics and stuff of that but yeah it, that is very exciting very cool yeah so everyone check out all those shows uh get that rap album the cream soda fur coat by running at the mouth and yeah check out the I, hashtag irl show and i guess you can check out your facebook page uh as well yeah, I like the Facebook page. I, I promise I don't spam it. I, I only post about when the shows are coming up. Yeah, all just yeah. need to know info. Need to know info. <laughs> just the yeah, and I also post about it on my Twitter too. So if you're one, if you don't like liking things on Facebook, just follow me on Twitter and keep up to date with it there. It's always it's always such a fun time. Speaking of such a fun time, this was such a fun time. So great talking <laughs> to you. Had a great time. Really, uh, it was great. So thank you very much. And now I will play the theme and we'll say our goodbyes. So thanks again. This was awesome. And all the best to you and no mice in New York. Yeah, no mice. <laughs> 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 All right. So thank you, everyone. And thanks, Janelle. Bye. Thanks, Steve. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Janelle. Please check the show notes for links to the album De Cream Soda Fur Coat by her rap group, Running at the Mouth. And be sure to check out that Rap Battle's 100th show spectacular on March 9th at the Great Hall in Toronto, 9.30 p.m. Follow at FOTS Pod and send a question for a future guest. Following at Skinner Steven, you should be. And visit StevenWSkinner.com for all the old shows. Now you can subscribe and you can leave a review. That'd be great. Thank you. And also, thank you to Ruby Coast for the music and to Kyle I. Davidson for the theme song and to you for listening. This is Stephen W. Skinner saying the sign off phrase now. Have a great one.